0: Big Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast episode 51 for Tuesday Fat Tuesday February 9th 2016 Folks, and welcome to Gig Gab here in Durham, New Hampshire.
1: I'm Dave Hamilton. Here in Las Gatas, California, it's Paul Kent. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing great today. Just got back from a nice long weekend in New York, and uh, one of those things where I didn't have a guitar in my hand for about five days, and I got a gig tonight, and it was really nice to kind of come back fresh, pick up my instrument, work on the song. I'm doing a special thing tonight. Today is actually the anniversary of the Beatles' first appearance on Ed Sullivan. That's true. And so Steve Psychotus, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, he has put together like a celebration. He's got 21 different people coming up to play acoustic Beatles songs, a big thing. So we're going to pack this bar that we play at on a Tuesday night, and uh, I'm going to play Things We Said Today. Oh,
0: very nice. Yeah
1: bit of trivia, a right?
0: The first song the Beatles played on the Ed Sullivan show was uh, Closure, uh, All My Lovin', right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. February ninth, 1964.
1: I hope someone has that one. Uh, you, you would,
0: I, I would. I can't imagine someone wouldn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be fun. A lot of really good players from around the area are going to be participating. And um, it'll be just, you know, good fellow. Uh-oh.
0: Skype is attacking you, Paul. As as off as is want to happen. Or your bandwidth is attacking you. I'm gonna take say we just Yeah. I'm gonna take this moment to uh introduce our special guest for today because we're not alone here. Welcome from Cover Band Central, Steve Wichell. Hey guys. Thanks for joining us here, Steve. Hey Steve. Happy to be here. Yeah, man.
1: So, so I actually found Steve. So I I've been a fan of this page that Steve um has been yes. running on Facebook um, called Cover Band Central. And I, you know, I started getting these things in my newsfeed, you know, probably the the wisdom of the Facebook algorithm. I started getting these things in my newsfeed that the site, and there was all these like ten tips to be better on stage, you know, five tips to be a better band leader, all these types of like really handy, concise articles. I went over to the page There's occasionally some really good discussion, and uh, I fell in love with this page. And so I got like, this guy's kind of doing what we're doing, but he's doing it in a different format. So I reached out to Steve and I said, hey, man, we're doing this podcast. We got to get you on. We got to you know figure out how we can work together. He called me that night and we had a nice first conversation. And it seems like we have a kindred soul here, uh, Dave. You know, Steve is on a mission to help musicians, you know, further their goals, whatever they may be professional hobby whatever it is but um steve you're doing a great job with cover band central you let, let me actually get this straight you're uh you're a guitar player right i'm a bass player you You're a bass player yes, and sir. you play in a very working band in in new orleans right six five six nights a week uh six nights a week actually three different
2: bands in two different clubs amazing that's, so, that's so you're the
1: you're the house band in
0: in these clubs is that is that how that works for you
2: yeah that's correct yeah that's how how it works basically for every band in New Orleans,
0: ah uh, that makes sense because it's kind of parties every night
2: pretty much yeah uh during the day and night there's uh, a lot of clubs have bands during the day starting at like noon
1: That's and I a- can actually I can actually tell by your by your um accent you're not originally from New Orleans right right I'm from New Jersey born and raised so did you pick New Orleans because you knew that there was a music scene where you could get these types of gigs uh
2: sort of i I kind of knew a guy down here through another guy that I played with in a cover band years ago in, uh, in Minnesota actually in the early two thousands. And um, he had been asking me for, over the course of a few years to come down and, and play. And I was always like, no, nah, no, nah, I have a job. I have a girlfriend. I can't move. And then just at one point in 2010, he asked me and I was like, you know what, why don't I try this? And I didn't have a job lined up or anything specific But I just uh, said, I'm just going to take the adventure and go down and see what happens. And um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I approached it that way, too, as a new adventure. And I was very excited about it. And it turned out the first very first night I was in town, I contacted the guy and said, hey, I'm here. I'm going to come see your band. And he ended up calling me and asking, asking me to come play that night, that very first night I was in town. I went and played the gig. I played the whole night and got a job as a result.
1: That's great.
0: So you're, you're a bass player. Um, and I've found in, in, I'm a drummer and in in everywhere except where I grew up, which is just outside of Manhattan, pretty much as a drummer, I have, I have an easy time. I can't just write my own ticket, but I I have an easier time getting gigs than say guitar players. Are you finding, do you find that true as a bass player as well, that that you kind of have a leg up in
2: that department? I I think so. I think, um, yeah, I think good bass players are, uh, are a commodity. Um, and, I'm aided in that. I know a lot of songs um, just from playing for so many years and retaining the the songs and and, uh, listening to music all the time. Um, So it's easier for me to get gigs for that reason. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a talent. You know, we everybody we talk about. Oh, you 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 need to have natural talent to play a music musical instrument, and then you need to develop that talent but the talent isn't just in making your fingers play the right notes. There's the talent of simply rem- being able to remember songs too. And that's, it's arguably more important. <laughs> it so, helps.
2: Yeah. It sure.
1: Helps. Yeah. 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 So I'm fascinated by this whole concept of the house band out where I am in Northern California. They don't do that a lot. I'm originally from the East coast as well. And, and you know, the concepts of a band doing a residency or being a house band, this seems to make a ton of sense to me in that, uh, what the, the the club is doing. And we talked about this, you know, we did an episode about building your perfect club. And uh, it seems to me that the concept of a house band is a marketing tool for the venue in that it creates some familiarity. Now you're in new Orleans, I guess there's quite a bit of a tourist. Are you playing for tourists a lot? or Are you playing for locals a lot?
2: Uh, it's primarily tourists. Yeah. There are some locals that, that come around, but it's primarily tourists. Yeah.
1: Got it. So, um, I, I just want to explore this whole concept of a house pen because, like I said, it doesn't happen too often out here in Northern California. So uh, let's just talk about the wear and tear six nights a week on your body. Are you having a tear down and set up every night?
2: Not really, no. Um, in one of the one of the clubs, there's a, a base cabinet there. I have a small uh, GK. It's a – I forget the model number. It's a 300, but it's, it's, it's a very small unit, and I could put it in a backpack. And I just carry that and my gig bag with my bass, and that's all I bring back and forth there. Um, And the same with the other club, really, but we don't have amps there. We just go direct and use in-ears. So I I never have to lug around amps, ever. That's great. And the gigs are 9 to 1, 10 to 2? Uh, We start at 8 o'clock, and we go... It depends on the night, um, how busy it is. We'll go generally till at least 11 30, 12, 12 30, you know, sometimes one
1: All right. So, so that actually sounds a little bit more manageable. I just figured like, you know, nine to two in the morning, you know, doing cavern club type type, uh, life would be difficult on one's body. But it, it, is this, um, is this a physical gig for you? I mean, are, are these like, you guys get up and perform a rock and roll show every night? Are you background music? You know, do you, how do you engage the crowd? Are you, you know, what is the role of the house band? we in the gigs that you have.
2: we are very much involved with just being the entertainment of the room. So it's not background music. I mean, some people it is, I suppose, but there's always people that are watching and we're always engaging with the crowd. Is it Uh, a dance?
1: Is it a dance gig?
2: Um, yes. And uh, I mean, I play mostly rock music, but in, uh, but there's always, you know, dance music thrown in and there's always people dancing. People dance to rock music too. So, yeah. So
0: yeah, this concept of the, the, the house band, I I feel like maybe it only works in in a tourist venue, uh, just because you otherwise you kind of wear out your welcome, and then people don't want to come back to the club and see the same thing night
1: after night after night. Right. Yeah. How big we, is the repertoire of the, of the groups that you're in?
2: Um, my uh, let's see, the the band I play with on the weekend, it's a, a club called Crazy Corner, and that's my band. I'm the band leader for that, and that's a Friday Saturday gig. Um, we have, my song list is about 150 songs. Um, we do, we typically do, uh, five or six sets a night. A, a set would be 45 minutes. It's, it's time. That's how we, uh, yep. structure it. That's how we get paid. Um, and so you're talking about, you know, 60 songs a night. Approximately. That's a long night, man. That's a long night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've
0: done, I've done those 45 minute set nights at, at casino gigs and it's a similar kind of thing, right? I mean, it's that tourist crowd and, um, yeah, you're really kind of a, a cog in the machine of, of entertaining the masses at at that point. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's a, it's a guaranteed gig. How long have you had these gigs?
2: I, uh, like I said, I, I, when I moved here, I started working right away, which is almost six years ago. It was uh, June of 2010. For most of the last six years I've been doing this, there was a, about a year period where I was really only subbing, and I was uh, doing some gigs outside of New Orleans. Um, but for yeah, for the most part of the last six years, I've been doing this.
0: Do you ever sub out the gig to other people if you need to take a night off, or is that not an option?
2: Uh, it is an option. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do it on occasion. It's very rare that I'll take a night off, um, but I, I will on occasion. Yeah and I always have, there's a ton of musicians here and I always have somebody I can call. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
1: How do you add new material? You can't, do you like say, Hey, everybody listen to this tune and bring it to the next gig.
2: Uh, Sometimes, sometimes we add it right there at, at the gig. Um, That happens quite a bit uh, where somebody will, uh, maybe somebody in the crowd will request a song. And if at least somebody in the band knows it, or at least, I mean, like if somebody knows the words and somebody knows the key, <laughs> and yep. we've all heard it before, we'll play it. Um, that I've learned. I've learned a lot of songs on stage. Yeah, or not. That's um, how it
0: is with me. With chafed, it's, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, you learn this song, then you go listen to it on the radio. You're like, oh, there's yeah. that one thing I missed. Okay,
1: yeah. How yeah. big are these bands? Uh, the
2: uh, <laughs> the weekend band is a six piece. Um, it's uh, it, pretty much every band that plays down here with the schedule that I play. They have two lead singers, which is the case for my band as well. Um, and then we have a, a lead guitar, bass, drums, and a keyboard player who also plays guitar.
1: And so, I'm this is particularly fascinating to me. So that much singing, that consistently, you know, straight on. Uh, the singers are are they are they classically trained singers that know how to take care of their voice? Are they just rock and roll animals who just power through? I mean, what is the deal? Uh, mostly rock and roll animals, yeah, that just power yeah. through. It's impressive, man. That's a lot of singing.
2: It is, um, but you'll find too in most of these bands down here, including mine, that that um, more people in the band sing. So, for instance, in my band, my band is called Saint Rock. By the way, um, at Crazy Corner, Friday and Saturday nights. Um, I'll sing you know three or four songs a night my guitar players sing three or four songs a night so we break it up and the way I run the show is I'll have my lead singer sing two then the other singer sing two and then just you know go back and forth I never have them do more than two or three in a row yeah
1: all right it's smart how about um um are you guys allowed to take tips at these gigs or purely whatever the the gig is with the with the uh with the uh venue
2: yeah, that's the thing about New Orleans. It's very tip-oriented. Everybody down here that works in any sort of entertainment takes tips. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been here, but if you walk around the French Quarter, you'll see street performers all over the place that, that work for tips. Yeah. Um, every band works for tips in addition to getting paid by the club, and uh, so much so to the point where we have a regular schedule where the singer will walk around the room with a tip bucket and, um, getting tips. Uh, that's on, your money. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's, yeah. that's your money. Yeah. Um, how long, how long is the, uh, is the deal to keep these gigs? Does he say, you know, you're for three months unless something goes wrong for six months. Is it a week by week thing? Is it an at will thing?
2: Uh, it's really kind of, you get the job and you keep the job until somebody decides to change it. And it's usually a management of the club or, uh, you know, something changing within the, the, um, the the structure of the club's, uh, you know, upper management or whatever. Um, but it's, it's basically indefinite until, you know, somebody says you can't do it anymore
0: (laughs) until, until you're informed otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Um, It just happens. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Um, so I, I, I mean, and I noticed of course, as a, as any uh, self-respecting musician would, you you took a a moment to say, Oh yep. St. Rock at crazy corner every Friday and Saturday night. You know, it's clear you have a, it, you know, it's almost muscle memory to to do that. But how much promotion do you actually have to do for your gigs, or is it just sort of because of location,
2: you're going to have people there either way? Yeah, there's going to be people here either way. I don't really have to do any promotion. Yeah. I just I'm just used to doing it. You're just used to having it. Yeah. Have, yeah having done this for so long, <laughs> right? And, and I'm really kind of trying to turn this band into something different than. Just people stumbling upon us. I, I really want to make it uh, more of a destination, so when people travel to New Orleans, they they seek us out. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm building up a Facebook page with with this band. Uh, it's uh, I don't work on it as nearly as much as I work on Cover Band Central, but um, yeah, I don't have to. No bands really down here have to do any promotion
0: right 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 so okay so let's let's talk about cover band central because you there's a lot to to, to cover here no pun intended tell us tell us how you got started with it and 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 then i kind of want to talk about how you've promoted it because i think that's a question that that anyone who has a presence on facebook
2: would would want to learn about yeah i, I um, there was that period of about a year it was 2014 where i was uh I was living in Mobile, Alabama, which is about two-hour drive from New Orleans. Um, uh, my mom was living there, and and she was having some some uh, some issues, and she needed somebody around. So I stayed there, and I was just commuting back and forth, subbing in New Orleans, and I was playing actually actually uh, in the bayou with another band. But I had a lot of free time, so I just started writing, and I write I was writing about things that were on my mind about about being a musician, about being a working musician, and I wrote this one article. Called 14 Tips on How to Be Successful as a uh, uh, Working Musician in a Band. Um, and, and I put it out there on Facebook and I got a lot of responses to it. So I was like, I, I really would like a place where I can, I can uh, have people collected and, and sharing things like this. And so I, I started looking for it, like looking for a place where I could put this out there and I would reach the right audience. But I couldn't find one. So uh, um, it occurred to me, I, 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 there was this quote from uh, Jack Hanfield, who uh, was a co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, and I think he, he was quoting somebody else, but he said, uh, if you're looking for a book on a subject and you can't find it, that means you were meant to create it. So, so I just decided, all right, I'm going to create this. First, I started with the group, and there's a difference between a group and a page on Facebook. But I started with the group, and I really wasn't, quite getting what I wanted out of that. So I started the page and I did a lot of research on how to run a page on Facebook, you know, what, what are the best methods, uh, post-frequency and, and, and all that. So I started the page and, and started fairly slowly. And then I just came up with a regular schedule, um, as I studied more about it. And, um, and it just, Started to grow from there, and it's only about a year and a half ago I started it, and now I'm up to almost 16,000 people on there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you, because you're right, there is a difference on Facebook between a a group and a a page. A page is, for the most part, for folks who don't know, and please, Steve, you're the expert, correct me if I'm wrong, but... A page is a, a one to many. It, it's your home, but it's your voice speaking to now, you know, almost 16,000 people and whoever they share it with. Whereas a group is a community where everybody presumably has an interest in that subject matter and then comes and talks, but everybody's voice is equal.
2: Is that a good that's, way of putting it? That's exactly right. That's correct. Very good. So
0: how, uh, because Paul and I have been talking about this, you know, we have a page for gig gab, but we don't, other than the show, we rarely post there. I don't want to say we don't, but there's, there's times, but we haven't made it a destination. We've been talking about a group, which I've done. We've actually got a very successful group with one of the other podcasts I do, Matt Gab. Uh, and, and that's been nice because it allows people to communicate. Are you, are you doing a whole lot with your
2: group or have you really just focused on the page here? I focus much more on the page. Got I, I pop in the group once in a while. If somebody asks a question that I feel like I can contribute to, uh, I will. Sure. Um, and, and I check it. You know, I, I read to see what people are talking about. Um, but for the most part, I focus on the page. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you do a lot of cure. You, you create a lot of content. I mean, you write these really interesting articles, but you also are constantly looking to curate content and bring it to the to the page. Correct. Yes. And t- talk to us a little bit about some of the sources that you find are are good resources for musicians to be checking. Besides your page, where are you finding stuff? And is there other stuff going on out there that musicians would be interested in?
2: Yeah. What I did was um, I had already liked a number of pages. Just being a musician and interested in in reading content, um, I, I had all these different pages that I would I would that would pop up on my newsfeed. So there's this thing on Facebook that you can do, and not a lot of people do this. Uh, you can create like your own custom news feeds, and you can name it whatever you want and put in whatever you want. Um, so I, I created a, a, basically a music news, um, news feed, and I added all those pages that interest me that, that would provide any sort of content that I could find something that's interesting for Cover Band Central, and I checked that daily, uh, more more than once a day, and see what comes up. And I have, you know, there's about like forty five or fifty different pages that I'll I'll that are in there that I'll find um, information or interesting articles or interesting memes or or anything from that. Then I also have a lot of friends that are musicians, so on my regular newsfeed, sometimes things will pop up there. I say, oh, that's interesting, and that'll be good for Coverband Central. But I try to really make sure. That anything I share on Cover Band Central will be relevant to anybody that plays cover bands. I don't want to deviate from that at all, and 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 make it so I'm I'm just trying to get likes by putting something in there that's that's engaging, but not relevant to but, that. I, I I really stay focused on it,
0: and yeah. I think I think that's I mean that I I know there's short term gain, potential short term gain in in you know the other type of content, but I, I think long term you're better off doing this anyway regardless of what what you're i mean i i it's the right thing to do but i think it's also the right thing to do so well i think good. i
1: think actually there the there's a thread to this so you know we talk a lot about you know playing good music is the the foundation of it is that there has to be truth you know there has to be commitment to honesty in this and i think if you're trying to curate a community i think it's one of the nice kind of self-regulating parts about anything on facebook is that If it's spammy or if it's disingenuous, um, people are going to just ignore it. It becomes noise to them. But if it's there is a tact, a method, a tone of communicating honesty to an audience, and that's what's going to ring most valuable and it's going to create it's going to create a more motivated and more committed audience. Would you agree with that? Absolutely.
2: And I feel like I am the audience as well because I'm out there doing this and I, I know what is interesting to me and I know what's uh, helpful to me. So I feel like I really know my audience and I know what's going to work. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very disciplined with the, that with picking content.
0: Yeah. yeah it makes sense. You, you it, yeah. I mean, we do this here. We do it at Mac observer. I mean, it's, you make the, the site or the podcast or the page that you would want to read and then you know right. whether it's good or not, it, you know, and you, yeah. And you're
1: you not get to sleep somebody else. You get to sleep at night knowing that you've done a good thing instead of just trying to do something to people instead of something for people.
2: Yeah, and I I didn't really start it for any personal gain, nor am I doing it for any personal gain still. I'm I'm doing it because I really feel like there's this community all over the world that really didn't have – a, a local place to, to find information, to learn things, to, uh, to discuss things. So I, I wanted to create one. I, I felt like it was an important thing. I think there's hundreds of thousands of musicians all over the world that do this in, in one capacity or another. And there was just no place for anybody to meet. So I, I felt like this is, you know, I'm going to make this place. I'm going to be, the, I'm going to carry the flag for everybody else and, and have this be this resource for people that, that's, um, that they can go to on a daily basis and not, you know, and I want to keep it informative, educational, but also entertaining and, and light and fun and not, you know, not take ourselves too seriously, but at the same time, you know, do take it seriously. If you know what I mean, if that
1: makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting, you know, you, you quote, chicken soup for the soul. And, uh, you know, you talk about carrying the flag, you clearly have some really deep, um, philosophical approaches to your musical life and, you know, what musicians musicians should be doing in a previous conversation. You and I were talking a little bit about how cover band musicians, uh, are in the pecking order of musicians. And I know you have some deep thoughts about that. Just give me a little bit of riff about Steve's Steve's philosophy on being a cover musician.
2: Uh, boy, um, it, you know, I just feel blessed to be able to play music for a living. It, it's something I wanted to do for a long, long time. I, I spent most of my adult life working real jobs, quote unquote, and while still playing, you know, Weekend Warrior. Um, and I always wanted to just play music for a living. And I felt like um, there's a lot of people that would love to do that. And um, there's there's something really special about being able to go out just pick up an instrument, go out and play with a bunch of people for one united purpose and have, you know, tens or dozens or hundreds or thousands of people enjoy it and, and, and forget their troubles and dance and, and whatever I, I, music is just so incredibly powerful. And to be able to be a part of that for me
1: is just, it, it's everything I ever wanted. That's awesome. Well said, man. Absolutely. Um, What is the original music scene like around New Orleans as vibrant as this kind of cover touristy, you know, club scene?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I'd say so. Although I haven't explored it as much. Um, Bourbon street is almost exclusively covers, but if you go outside of bourbon street in the French quarter, if you go like Frenchman street, um, you'll hear a bit more originals. Um, there's a lot of cats down here that will play covers here and then go out on tour with their original bands, Um, I've done the same thing. I still play, you know, occasionally with original bands too and do some touring. Um, But in and around new Orleans, uh, I haven't seen too much of an original scene. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you have your traditional new Orleans music, your, your jazz and your Zydeco and stuff. um, But it's, it's all mostly covers.
1: Yeah. So you have to, you have to work that traditional music into your rock and roll sets because it's new Orleans and tourists would expect to hear that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can go hear
0: that next door
1: or wherever, Pretty right? Much. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. played
0: I, I lived in Austin for a number of years and and Austin has a a a downtown area mainly centered around a section of what's called 6th Street, which because that's the name of the street. Uh where it, there's it's clubs like Bourbon Street. I mean, it's not quite it's not nearly as big, but it's a it's a it's a thriving scene. Uh, And it's, you know, clubs every right next to each other. And you've got a band plan, especially on Friday and Saturdays, but even even on Mondays and Tuesdays, you know, it's just music all the time. Uh, What I found when I lived there and, you know, it's been 15 years, but um, was that everybody, you know, there's this scene and everybody benefits from the scene that lives there. The people that work at the bars, but but the whole town benefits from it. And yet. Loading in that, like the logistics of D, of being a musician there was always a lot of trouble. It was, you know, there were times where we were having to carry gear, like, you know, all the way from the corner down to the club, as opposed to being able to park in front of the club and the cops were never really nice to people or any, it, it, what, what is that like for you these days? And I know you don't have to do a lot of loading in and out, so maybe that's the solution to the logistics problem, but I'm just curious what that's like for you there.
2: Um, yeah, for me, it's not much of an issue for drummers and say maybe keyboard players. It, it's more of an issue, but, um, it's such a, a, a rich music town that, that the cops understand. Like if you got to park, double park or whatever and load yeah. out, you know, they're cool with it. That's good. Um, yeah. And, um, I
0: saw the cops one night in Austin literally drag a guy by his hair out of his pickup truck, a bass oh player. God. Yeah, because he had, you know, he had double he had done exactly that. He had double parked. He'd gone to get his stuff and then came back. And the cops were like, nope, you couldn't have double parked here. And the guy's like, well, I'll move it right now. You know, he got in his car to start it up and they literally grabbed him by his hair and threw him. It was like, guys, we're all in this together. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear New Orleans is that way. Hopefully Austin's better now, too. But uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. People are really understanding around here and and really, really, um, really kind to musicians, which I haven't found elsewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, the car thing, there's probably not a lot of tourists trying to take cars in and out of Bourbon Street area. Right. Mostly it's a walking area for for tourists. Is that at least it was when I was there. Is that still true?
2: Uh yeah, Bourbon Street. Uh, at night they close it to traffic. Yep. Um, during during the day you can drive uh, on Bourbon Street, but at, at night it's closed to traffic. Um, the, the French Quarter, yeah, you have to drive around. You, um, and parking is sometimes an issue. That sure. That's really the major issue for me. Um, but um, right. You know, th- with this with this weekend being Mardi Gras, everything was blocked off in the French Quarter. You couldn't even drive through. Unless you had a parking pass, which I did. And, you know, it's great. You drive up and there's the barricade. The cop sees parking pass and just waves you right through. And that's awesome. and, And I assume you have the parking pass because you're a working musician at one of these
0: clubs. Right. You didn't just get it some other way. Right. C- correct yeah okay yeah. that's good that they provide that for you that's great That, that yeah. that's as it should be
1: that's awesome hey steve do you hear very much from um from your readers or your community members on Coverband central and what are they telling you what you know what do they want what you know i'm sure they're real appreciative for the resources and encouragement you're providing them but uh who do you hear from you hear from people around the world mostly in the united states who's reaching out to you from the Coverband central community
2: uh i get Um, Some feedback. I don't get a whole lot of feedback, really. Um, I I actually get some people that are very critical of of what I post sometimes they'll say like, "Well, oh, you shouldn't post that. I, I, I did a thing about, about drummers the other day. That was just like a funny thing. Like we're not taking ourselves too seriously thing. And some guy wrote me an email saying, you shouldn't say that about drummers. We work very hard. And, and I just <laughs> said, and I said, look, I, I get it, but you know, sometimes it's okay to laugh at ourselves. And he just wasn't about it. But, but when I do get feedback, it's from anywhere in the world. I, I get yeah australia or people in europe but i i i'm able to view my demographics here and i have you know this 50 plus countries uh, uh of people that participate on band central which is really cool
1: very cool i guess you know uh there are unique regional differences but this thing we all go through as musicians is pretty universal thing you know love of a song you know love of of our craft I don't think it matters where you are, Philippines, Australia, you know, Asia, Latin America, Europe, musicians are musicians when you get down to it. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, and that's one of the reasons that, and that's one of the reasons I was very excited about creating this whole thing, because I think there's all these commonalities that we share that we never really have discussed all the little minutia about uh, just being in a, in a band, being in a working band, all the little things that you go through, the things you enjoy, the problems you encounter, um, uh, that that other people don't really get or, or don't really ever experience. So, yeah, I think there's a common thread, regardless of where you are, or what language you speak or what kind of music you play or anything that, you know, everybody has a, a, a snare head break somewhere. Or, or, <laughs> you know, yeah, that it, it doesn't matter which side of the equator you're on. That still can happen
0: at a gig. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. We got to do a war stories uh, episode at some point. <laughs> Because,
1: yeah, yeah, man, (laughs) those, those are definitely universal. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, and, and uh, (laughs) something that a lot of people don't understand. I was at, I was watching a show the other night. I went and saw some acoustic acoustic music. Um, it was, uh, Macefield Perkins, Fishman and Bulls, uh, playing, uh, actually a lot of jazz and bluegrass and, Macefield and Perkins, if you ever get the opportunity to see these guys, and they mostly only play in New England, uh, but it's Jamie Macefield and uh, – I can't remember Perkins' last name, first name. But they finish each other's th- thoughts musically. It's it's astounding. And so for the second set, we were right up on the front of the stage, and these three guys next to us were having a conversation that didn't stop when the music started. And you could see the band looking at them, and my wife turned to me, and she's like, don't they – I mean, don't they realize that there's humans like right in front of them playing music? And I'm like, no people, you know, and and as musicians, we've all seen it. Right. You know, people don't see that. It's like, you know, they, they think that the fourth wall actually exists. That's (laughs) right. You know, it's like, I started telling her some stories that probably would not, certainly wouldn't fit the, 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 the relatively G rated audience that we, we go for here. But (laughs) uh, You know, the things people do. When they're facing the stage is like another whole episode that we could do, but we'd have to probably label it explicit. I don't know. But there's, there's all kinds of
2: stuff. Yeah. It's good. stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. We get to be, we get to really be people watchers being on stage and it's, it's fun. And nobody thinks you are. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're right here. We can see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, especially in this town because you get such an eclectic mix of people. Um, my uh, my keyboard player in St. Rock uh, says this all the time. He says, we're a worldwide band, but the world comes to us. We don't have to go anywhere. Um, and it's true. I mean, I meet people from all over the world every week and just watching how they behave and interact and, and so it's, it's fun. It, it makes it fun for me. In addition to playing music being fun, it makes it fun for me to just watch people dance and do what they do do what they do cool.
0: yeah yeah that's right and you're right doing the tourist thing you probably do see like all oh, these people aren't from here these people must be from the south or the north or whatever just based on on some of their mannerisms that's interesting. but
1: i i would think that that's actually a level of like i haven't experienced that it'd be like being a musician on a on a cruise ship or something like yeah. that not only are you getting people from across the country you're getting people from around the world and you're actually seeing people reacting the, to the art that you're putting out there, to the vibe that you're putting out there, and you're like seeing how it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like this great, this great human experiment. If you play a great song and you play it well, you can move any human being from any place. And that's, I think that's a pretty incredible thing.
2: It is, and it's, it's, it's wild to see the musical tastes of people from all over the world, you know, you get people. Uh, somebody coming in from Germany saying, "Play Bon Jovi," you know, it's like what? <laughs> 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 like, like how? How is that? But you know, Bon Jovi's a worldwide band too. But it's it's just it's it's a wild thing to see that kind of thing. How how this music transcends all over the all over the world.
0: Yeah, sure. it, being rock musicians, and certainly there's plenty of, of rock and roll that comes from overseas. I mean, y- you know, the UK especially, but but not just the UK. I mean, everywhere. But it is easy to have this kind of U.S.-centric view and that elsewhere they don't pay attention to rock and roll because it's not from there. When in fact, no, no, just because they're not singing in their native language doesn't mean they're not as, as into it as we are. So,
1: right. Yeah. It's fun right. stuff,
0: man. Thanks for coming around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, Steve, you're doing a great job with Cover Band Central. I check it several times a day, and uh, it's wonderful. The way that you're communicating to fellow musicians, all the resources that you're curating are totally valuable. Keep doing what you're doing. Please come back on the show in, in a little bit, and uh, let's do this every once in a while. Sound cool? That sounds great. Uh, I'd just
2: like to say real quick, too, about uh, New Orleans, uh, and I've tried to communicate this to my musician friends. It is such an amazing town to be in if you're a musician, um, even to just visit, but especially to live and work. When I moved here, I was just embraced, no questions asked from the people that are natives here, that are people that are, have been working here for decades. Um, and it just welcomed me with open arms as if I was family. And I've made so many great friends here. I've worked with countless, countless amazing musicians. And it's truly inspiring for me. And it continues to inspire me every day. And that's what keeps me going with with playing and, and with cover band central. That's I've ref- got to get there. That's, That's refreshing to, to hear, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So where can people find
2: you before we, uh, before we say goodbye? Um, uh, my, I have a Facebook page for my, myself for my playing, and it's just facebook.com slash Steve plays bass, And then cover band central is just facebook.com slash cover band central. And, uh, Yeah.
0: Thanks man. Thank you so yeah. much folks. Check out Cover Band Central if you haven't uh, it's you know our home away from home there too. It, it it's it's you, you post some great stuff and and many of the articles that we've made I think we talked about this last week but a lot of the articles that we sort of talk through on the show when we do that Paul uh, often finds them over on Cover Band Central. So it's it's good stuff. That's Thanks cool. for joining us Steve. Folks, My feed, pleasure. feedback at giggabpodcast.com if you want to email us and of course you can find us on Facebook at giggabpodcast as well. We will see you. Next week, take it easy. See ya. Bye.